0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Salah. Escape cancelo. Oh, brilliant from Mo Salah. And still Salah. all oh, sensational. Son had goal still beauty.
0: Oh, what a strike from Yuri. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world. A Tad Predictable. Your host, Triwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. Executive producer Guy Drinkle, keep that beat going on in my headphones. I'm loving this song. And it's the start of a new season, so I get to get back to my opening segments. It's game week one. For the English Premier League and welcome to a tad predictable episode 74. That's right they've renewed us for a third season in a row. We must be doing something right to keep getting renewed um, and no small part to executive producer Guy Drinkle who does all of the work in the background and there's no better way to start this season than having my first guest be executive producer for a tad predictable, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Guy, you're stepping in front of the mic, I love doing the pop, the first game week with you, um, just to kick off the season, how are you doing?
1: I am very warm, because I had to close all my windows, because kids are screaming on my street, so yes, <laughs> it's a good start to the season, it's boiling, it's but football's back, well I suppose women's football was here, but that was fun, no, men's football's back, so yeah.
0: Yes, indeed. Congratulations to the Lionesses. They brought it home, finally. Um, I saw a great post on Twitter where it was kind of saying, you know, the men have been saying since 1966, oh yeah, I'm going to bring it home, I'm going to bring it home. And the women just, you know, got impatient, said, you know what, I'll just do it myself. And lo and behold, they did it. They brought it home and some amazing goals, uh, especially our first one in the game. Uh, so well done to them. But, Guy, we start the Premier League season with all the hope. Every single team loves the start of the, the start of the season because it's about hope. Unless maybe you've had a terrible transfer window and you're kind of dreading the season. But majority of people started with hope. We'll um, get to Man United
1: they, soon, don't
0: worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, see them on, I see them on the run sheet. They're, they're a bit further down, um, but we will get to them. But yeah, there are some teams, you know, I we've been doing the state of the nation address uh series on this podcast kind of leading up to the season opener and you know, getting to hear some of the the fan perspective of where they think their teams are going and and how they're feeling. I've I've heard a lot of optimism. Um we didn't have a Man United fan, so it would have been interesting to to hear their perspective, but there are teams that feel you know they can i you know if it's the likes of spurs and arsenal and chelsea that they could maybe get a bit closer to the likes of liverpool man city obviously liverpool man city will be feeling bullish as as they have in in recent years um you've got teams that could try and sneak into that top four or top seven um you've got interesting teams coming up some of them doing business some of them not doing any business uh it, it. Everything is shaping up for a really exciting Premier League season. It's going to be halted, though, Mr. Drinkle, with a World Cup in, you know, we kind of take a break in November. And that's going to play into something a little bit later on in the show. But we will get to that, something to do with game week 16. But, Mr. Drinkle, let's start off with you. How are you feeling about the English Premier League season of twenty two twenty twenty three? 2023
1: yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, I like I like the fact Nottingham Forest are back it. Well, it's before my time, so it's not really back in. But it's nice having a big team in the Premier League. First, well, not my lifetime, but in my time, actually being able to watch football properly. Um, and they and they've kind of gone mental in the market, so that that's hopefully fun for them. Um, in terms of my own selfish look out of Liverpool, I'm quite confident. I think in, in my other prediction shows, I, I think. I certainly think it'll be tight again between Liverpool and Man City, but looking at the... well, I can't really go off the community shield, but I think Liverpool have changed less than what Man City have, so I'd give a slight advantage to Liverpool in terms of the league, but I certainly think it'll be between them two again. But yeah, confident for Liverpool, and it should be a fun league.
0: Yeah, very, very fun league. Um, I, I, I can't wait. For it to start. And it starts on a Friday, guy. Um, they're not messing about. <laughs> Forget starting on a Saturday. They, they're just going to kick it off straight away on a Friday evening. Obviously, this kicks off with Crystal Palace entertaining Arsenal. And it's Salahis Park. Listeners of this show know for a fact Salahis Park has has a special place in my heart. It's one of my favorite places, uh, stadiums in in the UK, I think the atmosphere there is just absolutely amazing, especially playing there in the evening. So a Friday night game or a Monday night game, I find are really exciting games uh, at Salos Park. And, you know, they've treated us to one here. Uh, We've got Arsenal coming through, obviously trying to get into top four. I think it's getting to that stage where they need to deliver that. You know the the years are starting to add up of how long Arteta and Edu have been there, and I don't know how much longer you know fans must be required to trust the process. But guy, what do you think of this Crystal Palace Arsenal game? And and I'm not going to touch too much on Crystal Palace because um, I keep hinting to it. There's going to be something at the middle of the show that I do want to speak about, and they will be involved in that.
1: What's Crystal Palace being in the top four by then? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about that later. I think I think this is usually quite a good game. Um, I think I'm pretty correct in saying Palace ruined Arsenal's top four hopes, didn't they? Um, mm. So maybe a bit of vengeance on Arsenal's mind there, but you can only blame yourselves. But I, I do like Arsenal's. Well, some of Arsenal's summer so far. I like Jesus. Nah, not sure if he's the right fitters at number nine, but he's certainly be- better than what. Ab- um, well, yeah, Aubameyang was. Um, when he left, and certainly what Lacazette was by um, his last season. So yeah, I like Jesus. Um, I still think to get in top four, though, they're going to have to. The, the young lads are going to have to take a step, which they probably will. Saka's excellent, but maybe you got to look at um, people like Martinelli a bit more. And I'm almost confident in them to do that. I, I think they might. I think they will get top four. But in terms of just this game, um, I think it'll be fun because. Arsenal have a few injuries in defence. I think Tomiyasu struggling for fitness, isn't he? T and he's always unfit, obviously. So it's going to be a bit of a rejig. Um, I'd guess Sinchenko's back there as the new guy. And then maybe Ben White at right back. Obviously not a natural position. I think he played there a little bit at Brighton. Um, but I think it might be a bit of a fun game. So I'm going to go 3-2... 3 3-2... <laughs> <two. laughs> I'm going to go 3 to Arsenal. I think it'll be mad, but I think Saka, Jesus, Martinelli and Odegaard, I think that should cause many things in the league problems, to be fair. So I'm going to go a bit of a mad one, I'll give the edge to Arsenal.
0: And they're one of those teams that certainly won the the pre-season. You know, if if you like that kind of thing of rating, you know, which teams looked really impressive in pre-season. Arsenal certainly were one of those um, that looked impressive, and kind of finished off preseason with a bang with that game against Sevilla. Um, Jesus getting a hat-trick there. So yeah, they're coming into this with as much confidence as they possibly could have, I think, um, off the field stuff, you know, regardless, you know, irrespective of off the field stuff. But from on on the pitch, I think Arsenal coming into this game as confident as ever. Um, I like your 3-2 scoreline. And, I think just just to start to get to bubble up this rivalry that we might have this season between you and myself, Mister Drinkle. Mm. Uh, I'm going to reverse your scoreline. I'm going to go three two Crystal Palace. Beautiful. I think Crystal Palace on the counter attack against an uh, a, a possession hungry Arsenal who have shown that they they're going to be quite comfortable playing from the back, keeping the ball. I think Crystal Palace are going to pick them off on the counter attack. So I'm I'm going to go three two crystal palace at salas park that's a dangerous place to go and won't be the only team that goes into that game probably as favorites and comes away with a defeat in that one but guy let's move on to premier league newcomers uh they've done this now for a, a couple of seasons Fulham, where they yo-yo they, they they go down they come back up they go down they come back up um and they sort of just pass the baton between themselves and norwich um They have got probably one of the toughest or, you know, based on last season, the second toughest game that they could have gotten. Uh, Fulham versus Liverpool. Are you giving Fulham any chance in this game? I know it sounds harsh, but that's kind of the reality of the standards that Liverpool and Man City have set over the past seasons. Or is it a situation where if you're Fulham... If you could play Liverpool any time in the season, you'd want to play them first game of the season where maybe fitness becomes an issue late on and they might slip up and and concede a goal or they're not quite, you know, fully into their swing of things. What do you think of this? Or are are Liverpool one of those teams that just start really fast? We've seen Salah start seasons red hot uh, most of the times.
1: Yeah, it seems to go season by season, which half of the season Liverpool like to screw up. <laughs> um, was it the, Last season, it was the first half of the season where we slipped up with so many draws and we lost to Leicester and stuff like that. But I'm not sure with this season, because obviously, as, as you said with the World Cup, it's very different. The first half of the season will be busier, but the second half of the season will be frantic. I think mean, basically everyone has free games till the end of the season and the Champions League teams may as well just have to play each other on FIFA or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's an odd one with Liverpool because I think you have to try and catch them whilst they're rotating, basically. I think that's what happened when Brighton played us. Thiago was injured. I think we had Naby got overplayed, so he got injured in the game. Brentford we had like Curtis Jones in midfield. So you got to catch Liverpool at the right time when when people are missing and that probably isn't the first game of the season but maybe that rustiness is there but we did look quite good in the community shield. Marco Silva himself says the, that the club's not ready for the season to begin. I think they literally only have two def, two um center backs in in the, in the squad and one of them's Tim Ream who's not very good at this at the Premier League level to be fair he he's always been good at championship level. Um yeah so I think it's a bad time for Fulham to play Liverpool. If it was a, if it was more of a an established team maybe maybe it'd be slightly different catch on Rusty or something like that but Fulham Harry Wilson's injured as well who's who was one of their key players. Um it's going to be quite a lot of and it's going to be a new look attack because we obviously got Carvalho off them as well. So the first game you're going to be playing against the the best defense for my money, or best group of defenders for my money. Obviously, Man City's defense is excellent as well. Um, yeah, I'm really confident for Liverpool in this one. I, I, I'll go, I'll go three nil.
0: 3-0. And just like that, we are harmonious all over again. I was trying to build a rivalry. I've got 3-0 written down here for a Liverpool win. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I think it will be a comfortable game for Liverpool. If anything, I think Liverpool probably will be more in tune than Fulham in terms of if, if we go by what we saw in the Community Shield and Firmino starts... Most of that lineup played, you know, have played together many times. Um, towards the back end of last season, when you throw Lewis Diaz in there, uh, so yeah, I think it will be continuity for Liverpool. Start the season with the three 0 win. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole lot of rotation. Obviously, there's the new five subs rule. We'll mm-hmm. see whether Klopp, one of the chief. Um, complainers for that rule being, you know, um, wanting a rule like that to come in, whether or not he uses it, or in in club fashion, (laughs) yeah, in club fashion, he doesn't make a single sub just to, to, yeah, just to toy with everyone. Um, but guy, let's move on to the second team that was promoted this past season. It's Bournemouth. They come up against an Aston Villa side who I'd imagine have really, like, I don't know if it's low key or if it's just out there, hard on your sleeve. But they've got very ambitious owners. And I think they want to do something. They definitely, in my opinion, are targeting to get into Europe next season. Are you getting that same feeling from them? And do they have to hit the ground running um, away to Bournemouth uh, in that opening game of the season?
1: Yeah, I think Gerard himself said that the aim um, was 7th, didn't he? Um I'm pretty sure I read that unless someone has made up something on Twitter, which <laughs> never never happened. Um but no, I I agree. I think I think the owners certainly are ambitious. I'm not sure if the team's ready to match the, those ambitions. Um I'd still say West Ham better team than the, team than them. Um on paper Leicester, but we'll get to them. Um Ooh, Newcastle improved. they're probably going to do a bit more in the market as well so I think it's going to be tough for them obviously United um, kind of in that mix as well That they, they've actually got a manager and not a PE teacher for the first time in a while so yeah I, I think it'll be tough I think if they get if they get top half I think it'll be good but maybe not enough to match um, the owners ambitions because they have spent a lot of money and quite a lot of it not too well um, I know a lot of it was the Jack Grealish money as well but if you're seeing people like Bailey, Buendia and Ings again not not really performing or being involved like the second half of last season um, it it could be, well not maybe not pressure on Gerard, but maybe just a pressure on the whole recruitment staff and stuff like that. And maybe it does lead to pressure on Gerard because he obviously had successful time at Rangers but if they're sat, I think they finished 14th last season if they're sat 14th by the time the World Cup comes around You've got Pochettino out there. You've got, more importantly, Sean Dyche kicking around if you want to go for Europe. (laughs) He's done it before. But it wouldn't surprise me if a a big team like Villa and an ambitious team like Villa go for a Mauricio Pochettino or maybe less so a Rafa Benitez, probably a worse example, but one off the top of my head. Um, But if a big manager gets sacked from one of the other clubs, I, I think Villa would be a good landing spot for someone. So yeah, I think it'll be a, a very pressureful season, uh, pressure-filled season for for the Villa team and Steven Gerrard. But they pretty much have the perfect fixture to begin the season. I mean, the only the only thing that could be better if it was at Villa Park. Um, but Bournemouth, we know how Scott Parker set up when his Fulham team. I'm not going to pretend I watched a lot of Bournemouth or anything like that. But we remember his Fulham teams. based I think he played three at the back or five at the back more, so made them really hard to beat um and that that was the strength and then by and large he'll have to rely on Dom Solanke to get goals. Uh, I'm not even sure who else they've got up front. I genuinely have no idea about the Bournemouth squad. <laughs> but I'm going to go I'll go to I'll go to one Aston Villa because I think Villa may have to find their feet a bit because but I, I listen to a few FPL podcasts and it sounds like Villa chop and change quite a bit in pre-season so maybe Gerrard doesn't know his team quite yet if it's going to be Bailey and Watkins with Coutinho behind them, or if they use two number 10s behind Watkins or Ings or whatever. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think he's going to have to settle on a team quick, and hopefully it settles. But yeah, it's um interesting one for Villa, but I'll go 2-1 two, one, two, one to Villa.
0: 2-1 to Aston Villa. Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a tough season for for Bournemouth. One, because they do have Scott Parker as manager, and I wasn't too impressed with his stubbornness um when he when he did have Fulham in the Premier League and with Bournemouth it it kind of seems the same way in that I'll be interested to see if he is willing to be more adaptive we know in the in, in in the championship that his tactics and his philosophy works really well um but that's when they're one of the stronger teams in the league whereas as they come up to the Premier League they'll be one of the weaker teams and sometimes you have to adapt We've seen other managers that haven't adapted their their philosophy; they've kept it the same, and it's worked for them. So it'll be interesting to see if it does work. But yeah, their, their transfer window leaves me a bit um, worried about keeping the same tactics. And and if if we can only we can only go by, you know, what Scott Parker has shown us in the past, and that is that he is quite stubborn with the way he's mm-hmm. going to play. So I, I think they're going to struggle a bit this season. And in this opening game, I think they're going to struggle as well. Um, it it probably won't be pretty from Aston Villa. As you mentioned, there's a lot of change uh, in terms of personnel in, in the starting lineup and trying to figure out the best, not just the, the the best players to be in the team, but the best formation that's going to utilize all the players that they do have. Um, I've gone with a 1-0 Aston Villa win. I think maybe it will be a spirited effort from Bournemouth, but I, I do think Aston Villa sneak that one and, and kind of, go on their charge uh, as instructed by their owners uh, to try and get into that um, European positions. But we'll move on to our next one, Guy. We've got Leeds versus Wolves. Now, this game is interesting to me for, for quite a few reasons. One, because of just the the, the impact of the changes that happened to Leeds, um, losing Rafinha and Calvin Phillips, probably their two best players. I don't know if Bamford would be will be arguing that or, or would have fancied himself be, in sure, that be. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know strikers, you know strikers. No, um but I think in in terms of leads, I'm interested to see who becomes their focal point and how quickly that person's able to establish themselves, if they can even establish themselves in this game specifically. Um, against the Wolf side that we saw last season is very, very hard to break down. They they were stingy with their goals conceded last season. But again, a team that didn't really back their manager and I wouldn't be surprised if they get a few shaky results that the manager will be sacked purely because they haven't backed him. And and if you're not backing your manager, it's usually a sign that you're willing to let him go if, if, if anything goes wrong um, early in the season. So I think... Right off the bat, there's going to be pressure on Wolves to try and deliver for their manager to keep him in 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 charge. And I think he, he is a decent hire. I like the the football that they played last season. I liked how um, stingy they were with um, with giving away goals. I'm gonna go with the one-one draw guy. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one to sit on the fence for the season. I know I've mocked you in the past about sitting on the fence, but I thought I'd sneak in my prediction before you gave yours because I had a feeling that you were going to sit on the fence on this one and I wanted to counteract that.
1: I feel offended. Um, (laughs) I mean, I was, but shut up. (laughs) Um, Five all. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah, if Leeds had more of their team fit, I'd probably back Leeds. Because I think you're right. I think Wolves have had a difficult summer. They missed out on that Paulinho who went to Fulham. Um, They've only signed Collins from Burnley off the top of my head. It seems like they're going to rely a lot on on youngsters they bought in either in January or last um, summer. I think Mosquera Chiquinho, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I think they're going to be waiting for them to develop. But they've already shipped off two of their other more high-profile youngsters in... um, Fabio Silva and, uh, Keanu Hoover. Um, so I, I don't think either will be a huge miss, but it does weaken the squad, especially that Raul Jimenez is missing. I think he misses the first two or three months of the season. So that, that's not good when you have literally no other striker. Um, but Leeds missing Stuart Dallas, Furpo, Luke Ehrling, Sinestra, the new guy, Adam Forshaw, Cody Drama, Daniel James and Lean Cooper. Um, Maybe some of them will be fit. Maybe some of them won't. Who knows? And you have the wolf. You have what? Wol- you have West Ham players listed as Wolves players. So that'd be good for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't. I'm not. Other than Raul Jimenez, I'm not sure. But he's obviously the key one. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I I would have sat right on the fence, and I'm I'm going to go one all. But if any, if if quite a few of them Leeds players are fit and they have somewhat of a team that resembles what it might actually look like, I may favour Leeds, You know. Because they finished the season quite dramatically quite well. Wolves were awful for the last half of the season because they had such a good start to the season. Or oh, first half of the season. Ah, screw it. I'll go 1-0 leads. Oh, Get different.
0: A home win for Jesse Marsh. Yeah. Uh, a win for soccer. Um no <laughs> I remember last season when Liverpool fans were saying, you know, if he, if he beats Man City, we'll call it soccer for a week or something like that. Anyway. We did? Um did. Yeah. <laughs> So we didn't. <laughs> yes, fair fair. Um that's one to keep an eye on as well in terms of if it doesn't go well at Leeds and it doesn't go well for the US at the World Cup. I could see Jesse March taking that job. Um maybe that's one to think about, guy. Uh, for later on the podcast. Mm. i'm just i'm just I'm just throwing it out there um okay, Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest, the last team that obviously got promoted um Newcastle guy, everyone thought they were just gonna go crazy. they were gonna sign their equivalents of the Robinias of the world uh on crazy money. They haven't done that they've been quite 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 sensible. quite strict, quite sensible and strict with how they spend their money you know that then i don't think they're afraid to, to pay big money but they're not willing to overpay and i mm. think there's a there's an important difference in that and i think newcastle have utilized that quite well and i think it's going to it may not obviously help them just race up the the league table this season but i think it helps set a precedent for the future that we're not a club that you can just take advantage of just because we've got a lot of money now um and then obviously nottingham forest well, if it's on numbers, they were one of the richest um, richest clubs in the Premier League, just in terms of volume of number of players that they were bringing in, left, right and centre. They're always been signing someone, it seems, this transfer window. Um, do you think it's going to be enough, especially early on in the season, in a first game of the season against Newcastle? Obviously, you you, you hinted at the fact that it's a prestigious club club coming back to the Premier League coming up against another club that is held in high regard certainly mm-hmm. you know um with, within the English game in Newcastle is is this kind of a nostalgia game for you and how do you see it going
1: probably not for me but i think certainly people who may have were forest up when Keegan was there the first time i don't think they were good but i think forest were up but yeah i think people may i think may pe- people may think it think of it as a nostalgia type game um but it's certainly a big occasion. I think it's big for both because I think obviously Forrest back in the Premier League speaks for itself. But Newcastle fans coming into a season with hope—it's probably not been since Bobby Robson was there. Since that happened, maybe Rafa for one year when they got promoted yeah. that time, maybe. But real hope—it probably is the Bobby Robson days. Not what's that? Two thousand three ish. It's a long time. Uh yeah, as you say, Newcastle had a really interesting summer. Not not willing to go mental in the market. Obviously, missed out on a few key players like Musa Diaby. Wanted to stay at Leverkusen. He seemed to be the the main attacking um, uh, player. Um, I think Diego Carlos went to Villa instead of them. But they probably moved on to Sven Botman by then. But yeah, they, they've not really they've not really gone Neymar's available. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I mean. Everyone on FIFA, maybe not Neymar because he's prick, but um, yeah. You know what? I think Newcastle are going to have a good season. I think I am eighth when I did predictions on another podcast. But there's always that one result by a new newly promoted team, and you're like, they're ready for the Premier League. <laughs> and I think it's going to, I'm going to, just just cause, it. it wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle win like 4 0 or whatever. But just because I've put the other two to lose, I'm going to put Forrest to win. And I'm going to go 2-1. It's going to be dramatic. It's going to be late at the end. Some knobhead like Jesse Lingard going to score or something just to annoy <laughs> people, mainly me. But I'm going to go 2-1, Forest. But I, I think I think Newcastle are going to have a really good season. I've, I've put them eight. If they get people like James Madison, who I quite like as a player, maybe he plays right wing or something like that, with um, Bruno and Joelinton and probably Shelby at the time being behind him. At say Maximum Madison and a striker. I I think that's decent enough. Um or you could just play him in midfield. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what Newcastle do with the remainder of the window. And if Forest by anyone else, I genuinely think they have ninety percent of the population. So maybe <laughs> can't know. But I'm gonna go Forest 2 1, but it really wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle won as well. But just to be different, I think.
0: I like I like that shot. I I genuinely like that shot. I, I get the logic as well. Um we saw what Brentford did last season against Arsenal to kind of to open things up. So yeah, exactly. that's a, that's, my, exactly. that's a good that's it's sound reasoning. It's and if any one of those teams is going to cause an upset uh this weekend, at least trust the team Not that's follow. done some business. <laughs> yeah, at least Not trust brief. the team that that looks like they've got kind of a plan. Um I I think maybe I'm being harsh on Bournemouth. I think they're just being a bit shrewd with their money and you know They've bought players that if they go down, um, they don't have to, you know, sell a lot of those players. So there is sense in in going about it that way. But at least Nottingham Forest are just going for it. They're saying, screw it, let's just go for it. Um, so yeah, why not why not start the, the season off with the 2 1 win there? Unfortunately for you Guy, you're gonna be wrong. Because this is going to be a 2 0 scoreline to Newcastle. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to be Um, Just Newcastle dominating the game. I think what's going to happen is Nottingham Forest will get a few chances, but they're going to miss them. And it's going to be a realisation of how clinical they need to be in the Premier League this season. Because when you get your chances in the Premier League, you have to bury them. Otherwise, you're going to become in trouble very, very soon. And I think it's going to take Nottingham Forest a couple of weeks just to get everyone bedded in. To get everyone used to each other's movement and their runs and what the coach is asking them to do. Um, yeah, so for me, I, I think this game is coming a bit too soon for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like your shout. It, it's it's almost a fearless shout, um, I would say. And in saying that, we will be right back uh, with our guest, Mr. Guy Drinkle, after this short break. And we are back on a tad predictable. I mentioned, I teased the fearlessness of Guy's prediction in his last prediction there, Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest. Guy went with a 2-1 Nottingham Forest win in that one. And Guy, that's kind of eased us pretty well into this new segment that we have. Um, it, I, I don't think it's got a name yet, to be fair. Maybe just fearless predictions is what I'm going to go yeah, with. let's go with that. Uh for the name of it. It it, it 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 was It was deliberated on um, You know in the In the pre In the pre recording meetings that we had But you know Throwing ideas out there but Never gave it a name so that, that <laughs> That's brilliant um, But the fearless predictions game That we're going to play is a game You know between myself and Mr. Guy Drinkle executive producer um, It's going to be run over the course of the season so for this week guy we are going to make some fearless predictions with regards to game week 16 um so that's 12th november um that weekend of games the 12th of november and it's the last weekend of games before teams break for the world cup so we're going to make three predictions about what's going to happen in the league by that week um and then we're going to make two season predictions. So by the end of the season, two things would have happened. Uh, That's going to give us a total of five. What we're then going to do is in about February, March, we're going to do another round of predictions for that short space of time towards the end of the season. And then we're going to revisit our two season predictions that we're giving today. And we basically are allowed to either keep the predictions that we have for the season or replace one of them um, with, with with, with another prediction. And then those predictions, the two for the end of the season, are going to count as double points. So obviously those ones are quite key. You can decide, as I've mentioned, to keep them uh, locked, to kind of lock them in for the whole season, or you will get an opportunity later on in the season when we do play this game again to replace only one of them. You're only allowed to replace one of them um, and, and throw in another new prediction into there. Obviously not one that's already concluded or almost concluded. But yeah, how how are you feeling about uh, Fearless Predictions?
1: Very confident with my five minutes work before we started recording.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's lying to you, folks. He's lying to you. This guy's been preparing for a couple of days now. I I saw him pacing up and down um, a few times around the production centre, trying to figure it out. And I think I've gotten into his head um, because I've been been playing mind games during the off-season, and I think I may have rattled Guy. um, And... Maybe you did tinker with it five minutes before. Um,
1: Maybe.
0: But let's start with you, (laughs) because I'm the host, and I get to decide who starts. So three scenarios that are going to happen by game week 16. Can you give us your first one?
1: Sean Dyche is either at Wolves or Southampton.
0: Right, I need to get this done, because I don't trust you. Sean Dyche.
1: Is at either Wolves or
0: Southampton. At either Wolves or Southampton. Now, I have to give you credit there for not just saying that he'll be in the league. Yeah. Um, that That is quite bold Pretty to specify, specify which teams he's going to be in. So by game week 16, Guy is predicting that Sean Dyche will either be at Wolves or at Southampton. And as you, as we mentioned earlier... Uh, wolves haven't backed Bruno Large and that's usually a recipe for disaster if things get shaky. So I get the logic in that one. And then with Hasenhutl, look, he's been flirting with the exit for for a couple of months now. He hasn't left he's yet.
1: He's a 9-0 but... away, <laughs>
0: truly. <laughs>
1: I like Nine I like numbers. Ralph, but it's it's been it's it's always there in the background, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it really is. All right, so that's Guy's first prediction. Yeah, that's a good start, Guy. Um, I like that. shot. Sean Dodge, obviously still looking for a job after getting fired by Burnley. Um, I'll go with my first by game week sixteen. I'll go with the firing then. Seeming you've gone with a higher. Mm. Marco Silva will be fired. I think that's Oof. I, I, I think I think it's a safe one and I'm a bit disappointed with myself and I feel like I'm a bit rattled now. But the reason why I had gone with that one um a while back and I've I've kind of stuck with most of the ones that I've that, that I've had in, in my mind for a while now is Fulham were were were, were a bit disappointed at the the method of just firing managers when it's not working and not giving them enough of an opportunity to fix it last time around so i thought the logic this season would be let's let's try and keep him uh, as long as possible he's done well for us in the championship if we go down he can get us back up pretty easily so i thought that was going to be a strong one but you came out the gate hot and um I'm I'm I, I'm now the one that's rattled and I don't like that very much. So I'm gonna go with my next one. Um hopefully this one's a bit more spicy than than the one that you've got there. Right, my next one. By game week 16. Michael Olise will be leading the race for young player of the year.
1: Oh Ooh, that's spicy. Thoughts? I like it. Thoughts? I like it. You Crystal Palace fun boy. I, love I know, it. right? I, love I, I was
0: teasing it at the beginning. And that's why I didn't want to touch on Crystal Palace too much. But I think this is a season for him to break out. Um, obviously, they suffered with a lot of injuries last season. And 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 speaking of it, you know, he, he had the, the ankle injury recently. Um, but Vieira says he's going to be fine for the opening weekend. So hopefully that works out. And I think, you know, we know what the Young Player Award in the past, you could be like, 200 years old, and you could still win it. But I do think Michael Elise is going to hit the ground running for Palace, and he's going to be part of a Palace renaissance. And yeah, I think he's going to be leading the race for Young Player of the Year by game week 16.
1: I like it. I, I Thank you. I want to further. I just think they'll give it Phil Ford and by default again, even though he wasn't nowhere near it last year. Um, <clears throat> but yes, I like it. I do like it.
0: All right, give me your second one. The pressure's on. I I think I'm fighting my way back into this one. It
1: is. Mine's relatively boring. It's basically your first one. Frank Lampard sacked by 16.
0: (laughs) Now look. (laughs) Easy money. (laughs) Like, I think that's a safe one. I I do think that that is a safe bet. Um, Frank Lampard to be fired. Do you want to bet ex- do
1: you want to bet an extra point who sucked first between Lampard and Silver?
0: Ooh. I'll 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 gamble on take that. Take
1: that bet. Yes, I like
0: it. I'll take that bet. I note, think not that down. I think that's silver. Yeah, so mm. I'll back my man. Yeah. I'll back silver to, to last a little bit longer. And you, you're gonna back Lampard to last longer. So who lasts longer?
1: Oh, I, I thought
0: we were doing it the opposite way. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know. Kind <laughs> of a, oh, I get what you're saying. Yes, I get who what sacked you're saying. Yours, yours actually yes. makes sense. Yes. So you want... Lampard to suck. Be you want Lampard to get sacked first. Yes. And I want Silva to get sacked first. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um... Okay, I like that we one. We made that more it's, it's... interesting,
1: didn't we? I like that. Yeah, it, it, it,
0: because you know, firings—it's not the nicest thing. You don't want to see someone lose their job and all of that. Might nonsense. as well make fun of someone's um, <laughs> misery. Look, yeah, let's let's raise the stakes. Who gets fired first? Um, right. So, guy, let's go with your third one. Uh, pressure's on. I think it's kind of one-one in terms of spice levels. Here. Yes. Um, let's go with a really, really spicy hot tamale here.
1: It's still a free horse race for the league by game week sixteen.
0: Oh, are you brave enough to, to say the teams?
1: Tottingham and the ah. two usual lads, obviously.
0: And a three-horse race, yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? City do tend to start slow, mm. so that might give teams a chance to to Ch- kind of Ch- get Ch-C- some Ch-C-C- points Chelsea still
1: in it about November, if I remember correctly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just out of curiosity, obviously this, this, you know, you might want to play this card later on when we play this game again. But do you think Spurs hold on much longer than that? Like, how are you um, kind of seen this one?
1: I think once it get, the season gets busier in the second half, I think they'll fall away. So I don't think they're used to that rotation. I think they'll overplay Kane and Son, and they're they're kind of built for it. But if Kane picks up a knock, I'm not a fan of Rich Allison, but it's better than the options they've had for, for years. But I think. They won't deal with that as well. They've got the added Champions League in as well. I know Conte doesn't have the best record in it, so maybe they're in the Europa League or something by then. But I think I think they may push for like a, a League Cup or a FA Cup, but then trying to solidify, solidify third by the end of, by the second half of the season. So I think they'll die off about Feb. Let's say February.
0: Interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that chart. I like that shout. Uh, Tottenham obviously have done some business in the transfer window. Um, didn't end the se- the preseason too well with that loss to Roma, but, but I don't think that should be bothering them too much. And as you say, at the beginning of the season, when it's not quite Champions League heavy, uh, especially knockout phases, I, I do think their players will will do well. You know, in in the Premier League, they've got nice fixtures. I think. Right, my third prediction. Okay, here we go. So by game week 16 and I can hear guys smirking in the background cuz he knows I was rattled by this third mm-hmm. one just before we recorded and and he was trying to put pressure on me but I'm I'm not going to falter here so by game week 16 damn it on by game week I on know I know go. I've got two here that I'm looking at and I and I need to be careful because I think that three horse race one has rattled me because I, bad I one. do think Spurs are going to be. Nah, he won't. He won't. <laughs> but by game week 16, Cristiano Ronaldo will only have started. Eight games for Man United, so half the games.
1: Ooh, I thought you were going to say like League Cup games <laughs> or something.
0: Wow! No, I, look, I mean Ren- Ronaldo is a strong character. I think I think that's a spicy one. What do you think? What what spice level are you giving me there Ooh. out of ten? Rogan Josh. Ronaldo would have started eight games. <laughs>
1: Let's go, Rogan Josh with that one.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Wow.
1: Mid heat. Is that mid? Okay. That's like, okay. At upper mild, I think isn't it, Rogan Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Upper mild. I think if you want like five,
0: yeah. Oh, mate. I've gone half. Yeah. This is Ronaldo we're talking about. Their top goal scorer yeah, last you, season. Yeah, but half
1: of them you can pull off to I say, oh, he wasn't fit, he wasn't ready. He had no pressure. No. No. Ah. Go strong, go free. Go <laughs> free,
0: Okay, well, listeners, yeah. if, if if you guys think that was a mild take, let me know. If you think it was a hot enough take, let me know. Um, I think it was fine. Uh, I think he has big standing in that group we saw him come back from preseason and I and you know what just as a precursor I guarantee that Ronaldo is not being sold uh, before the transfer window ends obviously the transfer window is still going on that's spicier
1: that's spicier to do I like it
0: okay so I'll add it as a preference like Ronaldo will not be sold and he will not and he will only have started eight games for Man United how about that
1: yeah, he's going because to be one d- on a free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always ask people, where is he gonna go? Who's gonna take him? There's only one club that I can see taking him that would satisfy his levels. I mean well two. Sporting you've mentioned, the other one is Bayern Munich, and I don't think they want that heat right now. But they're the only ones that I can see that would be like, All right, we'll we'll take you. Um but yeah. Ronaldo won't be sold and he'll only start eight games for Man United by the by the end by game week 16 but what about by the end of the season guy so we've done the, the three by by week 16 let's go with by the end of the season um do you want to kick us off so i kicked us off or oh, wait you kicked us off last time I so did. i'll kick us off um Oops. this one is becoming less and less a hot take as the weeks go on as i'm seeing lots of other people predicting it so i'll save my hotter one for my second one um I say that by the end of the season, Chelsea will not make top four.
1: I actually agree. I agree. I, I predicted it. I think it. I think it is slightly hot because, well, as I said, they were in the title challenge before the fullbacks got injured. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Spurs and Arsenal will finish ahead of them this year probably be proven wrong because Chelsea will just end up spending a <laughs> billion pound buying a random left I know he plays left center back but spending 50 mil on a left back for, for for no apparent reason um rather than just gonna center back um but yeah I, I actually think I think I think Arsenal will click and I think I trust Conte more than Tuchel so I, I actually agree with that one
0: interesting interesting mm-hmm. okay so I I'm, I'm I like that one I like my chances with that one um yeah my reasoning I think Um, there will be a bit of uncertainty at Chelsea. I think, I don't know if they're going to stick to a back three, if they're going to go to a back four. I think that confusion alone is not going to be healthy. I think Conte, unfortunately, is not going to be as fit and available as they want him to be. And I think that's a big factor for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I'm not seeing it. And I do think Arsenal's youngsters, despite my not rating Arteta you know too highly or at the very least not as highly as tuchel um i do think the youngsters will click enough to get into top four um for them and yeah i have spurs finishing third as well so yeah chelsea will be outside of the top four now guy what is your number one for the end of season by end of season this will have happened
1: I'm not sure which one's spicy and which one's milder but I think I'll go with my my milder one. I'm going to go Everton relegated.
0: Okay, okay. Now, question. Mm. So, Everton relegated. Yes. Now, if you then lose, the who gets fired first thing?
1: No, but they're getting Big Duncan to replace.
0: (laughs) 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 Now... Okay, and and I'm gonna I was smiling with your your shout for Sean Dyche will be either Wolves or Southampton manager because I think what's gonna happen is Lampard gets fired and Sean Dyche takes over Everton. Um, that's my theory, and I think Sean Dyche will have enough to keep them up. So I do think it's I do think it's spicy for for the club that Everton are Mm -hmm. how long they've been in the Premier League, never been relegated, never been relegated. Um, I I do think that's a spicy shout. Uh, and I do think, unfortunately, you're going to be wrong because, yeah, I think Sean Dutch is going to get that job. Or, and I'll leave it as an or because it's going to tie into my number two extra hot hot take that's going to come up soon. But let's hear your one first. What's your second hot take? Brendan Rodgers will be sucked. Oh, the man that delivered them the FA Cup. Yes. They're or- just going to get rid of him like that.
1: Us as Liverpool fans today, we know there's a limit to the BS you can take. Casper's <laughs> Michael's gone, a la what he did in 14 15 with Liverpool because Aga left. I think Rayner left the year before, I think. Uh, but you see, Casper's Michael's leaving. It wouldn't surprise me if that if if him and Vardy come to log ahead, is it log ahead? the right word? Um. Mm-hmm. But he has a history. that I'm not sure how it went in in, in Celtic because, well, I don't care about Scottish football. But at Liverpool, he certainly had a problem with authority figures. And Casper Smeich was probably the first domino to fall in that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he falls out with Vardy. um, Maybe Johnny Evans, but I don't think Johnny Evans may be that explosive type like the other two are. But it wouldn't surprise me if that gets toxic quite quickly. Because I think it's only social media, but it is a good way to look at other fan bases. But they seem to be, they seem to turn on Rogers last season. I think they ended the season well, but they bottled Europe when they should have really got in the Conference League final. Um and the league they kind of just defaulted to the top half because other people bottled it around them. Um but he under he underperformed in the league. They should have got top four. And we we've seen with their owners before, they are they are ruthless. I mean the Sack Claudio Ranieri. Uh Claude Puel was doing a decent job, but I think getting Rogers was obviously the right decisions and he, he did improve them but I, I, I think if they if they think they can attract, uh, I mentioned him earlier a Mauricio, a Maurizio Pozzicino I, I think they'll jump at that um, so yeah, if they can attract a manager of better or similar standing to Rodgers, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes relatively early in the season because it can get toxic quite quick as, as I've explained with the Liverpool situation but by the end of the season we might see or tour as a caretaker
0: manager. Who knows? Oh, that could be that. That would be a spicy hot take. That's the dream. fantastic. Colo Callow is uh, Leicester <laughs> manager by,
1: game, by game Week thirty five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and look, you, you know, you've mentioned Wolves might be out of a manager. Um, Southampton might be out of a manager. Maybe a hotel to Leicester or a Large to Leicester. I mean, mm-hmm. the possibilities do then get spicy if some of those managers become available and maybe Leicester aren't performing as as they have come to expect in recent history. I think one thing that might save him this season is that they don't have European football. So he might be able to just focus on the league and get a solid you know, eighth or seventh finish and, and that's enough to keep him in the job. But I am worried the transfer window is still open. If there's one fan base what? that needs the window to close right now, I think it's Leicester because the thing because with, teams the thing are with that today were, yeah, the thing with that players.
1: they're losing Schmeichel. He's going on a free. Fofana hinted today on his social media he's going to kick up a stink because I think he tweeted something about people are going to hate you when you do something for yourself or something like that. Um, but if Fofana goes, we we've experienced what he will buy at centre back. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Well, to be yeah. fair, Lesterov as well, because he bought Vestergaard for like fifteen million and he's dreadful as well. So what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do with eighty million if they sell Fafana? What is he gonna do with a hundred and
0: forty if he sells Madison? He's gonna be. And if Tillemans goes to yes. an arsenal. It, it could it could crumble. That's what I'm saying. If there is there's a team that needs the window to shut today, even though they haven't made signings to buy just room. to just to just to stop them losing more players i think they need this window to shut right now um so yeah that that's a hot take oh, I'll, I'll, I should, I'll can i throw,
1: can i throw in another one but like not count it
0: yeah go leicester's on leicester's
1: going to buy james ward prowse for some stupid amount of money oh like over 60 million. <laughs>
0: that's that's one to keep an eye on i know it's on reserve it's not one yeah. that counts but yeah that that is a spicy one right to end off this segment Fearless predictions. The spicy one. By the end of this season, Wayne Rooney will be a manager in the Premier League.
1: oh oh I love it. Now that's your Everton boss.
0: Yeah. Yes. There ever is one. Um yeah, I just I know he's just gone to the MLS, but their season is kind of wonky mm. with you know when they start their season, when it ends. I think by the end of this season, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney is going to be a Premier League manager. And I, whether he does well or he doesn't do well, I can't give you that prediction right now. Uh, I still need to see a little bit more of him. But so far, what he did you know, at Derby County was adm- admirable. I thought he did a good job there. We'll see how he does in the MLS. Obviously, got a win in his first game there. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And then we'll get to see him when he comes to the Premier League. So, yeah, Guy, that was Fearless Predictions. How are you feeling about your your predictions? You know, looking back now, um, are, are you confident that you're going to take this title?
1: I think so, because that, that Rooney one is spice. That's, <laughs> it's going to happen. That's pure football manager stuff, that. That's, <laughs> that's
0: fantastic. I love it. Yeah, well, well I'm feeling confident too. It, I think
1: it may come um, down to the sack race, to be fair.
0: It may be the sack race. It may be the sack off. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, and and one of those teams that you did kind of highlight in your predictions there, you mentioned that it's still going to be a three-horse race by game week 16. And you've mentioned that Hasenhutl will probably be out of a job by game week 16. I'm assuming you've given Tottenham the win over Southampton to to open um, up this season.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go 3-1 Spurs. Southampton's so weird. It wouldn't surprise this is way if everything clicks, because they've just signed youngsters, haven't they? If it clicks, yeah. it would not like if they finished about tenth, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they finished twentieth, I wouldn't be equally, <laughs> I'd be <laughs> equally unsurprised. Um, it. I think it's just got to click for Southampton. I think they will stay up just by the fact I think there's three worst teams, but it's a lot to gamble on with, with youngsters. And as I said. Brendan Rogers with money smells of James ward to me. Um, yeah, so I went 3-1 Spurs because I think Kane and Son will click. Kuvesevsky's playing because Richarlison's suspenders isn't he? Um, I think Basuma's missing, though that'll be a big miss, but Hodgeberg's fine. Pentaco finished the season so well. But yeah, I'll go 3-1. Harry Kane will, will uh, get back to his goal-scoring best, and, and he'll be in, I think he'll be in the golden... Golden Boot picture, more so this season again.
0: Um, oh, have you seen the photos of him looking at Son celebrating his Golden Boot award?
1: Oh, is it just pure?
0: Kane's definitely coming for that next season. Is it
1: pure, <laughs> just like rain on a window?
0: <laughs> yeah. he's, he's coming for that. He's coming for that trophy. <laughs> more fair, so when you've fair. got when you've got new strikers coming in and they're the hot mm. names in town with Darwin Nunes and Erling Haaland. Kane's going to be sitting there saying, "Have you forgotten who the f I am? I'm Harry Kane." He, oh, he's coming for that award. I,
1: I had it written down, and I was tinkering two minutes before the podcast. <laughs> I had it written down that on my season one that more Mo and Harry Kane, more Salah and Harry Kane would be the top two in the golden boot race again. But I felt it was boring.
0: And that is a spicy one. Uh, it is a spicy one, considering Haaland and what he could do at Man City. But, uh, yeah, sure for me, thing. um, uh, the problem for Southampton, yes, they've made the exciting signings, but they've not signed a striker yet, right?
1: Uh, They've not not, not an established one now. they have got a young line. No,
0: like, yeah. yeah. So and and I think that's going to be their downfall. And certainly in this game, um, I don't trust Spurs' defense over the course of a season. That's why I don't think they'll they'll they'll, they'll win the title or be, you know, in contention for the title come the end of the season. Uh, I I do like your shot for the first sixteen gamings, but mm-hmm. their defense leaves a lot to be desired for me. But Southampton's offense is a lot worse than Spurs' defense, um, in my opinion. So I've gone with a 2-0 Spurs win. Um, Nice, comfortable win. Start the season off hot and try and keep in that three-horse race that Guy has mentioned. But a team that's not in that three-horse race, Guy, is Chelsea. They will be traveling to Goodison Park, where Everton will be, according to you, trying to get Frank Lampard fired as soon as possible.
1: For for me, lads. For me. I need to point I made the point. Um, yeah, Chelsea. I'm not sure how their preseason went. After I think I think they played Udinese or something like that. After they got beat by Arsenal, um, I'm not sure how that went. And I know Tuchel publicly basically shamed some of the teams for thinking basically they won out of Chelsea and stuff like that. But not not for not probably not for this game. But looks like they'll get Cucurella under under the table uh, or in the club. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Obviously they've missed out on Delict and Kunde and probably other defenders all, all to but all to Barcelona. Um But they've missed out on so many and it feels like Cucarella, Kulabarley Silver is the back three with Silver in the middle. Doesn't feel like pre planned. Then Chilwell, Brees James, that's good at wing back. Midfield needed working with because as you said, Kante getting more injured every year i like kovacic is fantastic i if he was at liverpool holy shit i'd blow my lord um <laughs> and then the attack the will the attack click because i like sterling i think sterling's dependable havertz has had the big moment of winning the champions league for them but week to week he's pretty shit he, he just shit shit's too strong a word he's pretty anonymous and I think people... Maybe if I watched him closely closer, I'd maybe appreciate him like a Bobby Firmino. But the only reason Bobby Firmino worked at Liverpool, he had Barney and Salah next to him. And I know I said Sterling's dependable, but 2022 Sterling's not as good as them two players I mentioned. And who's going to play with them? Mason Mount, who I really like, but he should be a midfielder rather than a, one of their main goal threats. So, yeah. I'm not sure how it's going to all click together for Chelsea... But they're playing Everton, who are crap. <laughs> so I'm going to go... I'll go 2-0 Chelsea. Um, Calvert, I think Calvert-Lewin's picked up an injury unless it was Twitter making up silly buggers again. Um, so it's going to be Rondon up front. Yeah. that's oh my. Not, yeah. Dwight McNeil, Rondon and Anthony Gordon. Uh, if Calvert-Lewin's injured for any significant part of the season uh oh, <laughs> that's not good Um, that doesn't even smell of championship so yeah, it's I, I'm going to go two and I just don't see where the goals come from from Everton I, I like Tarkovsky who they signed I like McNeil but if they're going to play free at the back which some people have said because they bought Vinagre who's more of a wing back and um, their Scottish full Patterson's more of a wing back as well doesn't really get the best out of McNeil Um. so yeah, it's, a, it's an odd one for me but I'm
0: going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I have the same score. Uh, I agree with your reasons. So I, I, I don't think there's a need for me to elaborate more on that. Uh, that Yeah, that Calvin Lewin one is is really bad for, for Everton. They'll be hoping that he is able to make that game. I think he's currently 50-50 whether or not he plays But, Guy, let's move on to Leicester City, one of the teams for your, by the end of the season, fearless predictions. Um, They come up against Brentford. Are Brentford going to start the season the way they started last year with the win?
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think so. I think if you wanted to play Leicester, I think it's whilst their star centre... Well, only good centre-back, because Johnny Evans has been kind of broke by injuries, only good centre-back is kicking up a fuss. You're... Player of the season last year is getting touted to the richest team in the world. And he'll probably want, by all accounts he's not turned that down. He's not publicly came out and say, Oh, I'm committed to Leicester. Maybe it'll change. I think I heard they wanted to give him a contract extension, but yeah, it looks like Newcastle haven't been put off by anything, so why not? So if they lose if they if them two have question marks about their Leicester future, you going in with Seonchu and Diozzi Perez? Uh, yeah. Not very, so. not very good. Um, whereas Brentford, I think they have a few injuries, but they've still got Tony. Wiss has looked good in pre-season by most accounts. They've got that lad with all the surnames, King Lewis Potter. Um, <laughs> Emboemo can't can't be that bad at finishing again. Like he just can't. <laughs> uh, the midfield serviceable. They've got Aaron Hickey, who was good in Serie A by all accounts. It's just, I think it's just the centre backs really. Um who's injured? Ooh, two of their centre backs are injured, I suppose, but maybe they can work it out but I think there'll be goals in this one. I think both defences aren't great, especially for Fada's not playing for Leicester. But I did just say Brentford should win. If Sionchu's playing and it's Johnny Evans, I think Tony will cause them more problems than Vardy'll cause Brentford. So I'm I'll go three to Brentford.
0: Three two to Brentford. Um yeah. So and, and kind of banking on Vardy to to deliver there. Yeah, look, I think the, the concern for me comes in a goalkeeper for Leicester. And right now, you know, with uh Schmeichel almost about to complete a move away from the club, I don't think they have a Premier League ready goalkeeper to play right. this game. And they're going up against a guy like Ivan Tony. I think it's going to be a two-one Brentford win, uh, not quite as high as a three-two. Uh, I don't know if Brentford have three goals in them in this game. Uh, Leicester still have some solid players, despite you know the mayhem and 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 the injuries and all of the stuff that's happening off the field there. I, yeah, but I think I think it's going to be the unfortunate mistake of. The Leicester goalkeeper, whoever plays, that's going to kind of spoil the game for them here and then cause them to lose. But guy, let's move on to Man United versus Brighton. Ten Hog, it's a new era. United are, you know, a serious club again. They don't do catch up in the in, in the canteen. Um, you do press ups when you mess up. Um, you take training seriously. Uh, we've got squad unity. This is the season. That Man United come and reclaim their, their, their place at the top of the you know, at the top of the heap. Uh, they're playing at home at Old Trafford, at Old Trafford, so it's an expectant crowd. Opening game for the new boss, Eric Ten Hag, coming up against Brighton, who have lost East Basuma, who may lose Kukarella by then. This is a good game for United, right? Me and probably one of the games that I'm banking on Ronaldo not starting. That well, yeah, would be great. He shouldn't,
1: shouldn't do. He shouldn't even be in the squad, to be honest. Um, if I was a if I was a, United, if I was a sensible United fan, I wouldn't want him at the club. Um, but that's another podcast for another day. Is it a good fixture? Probably. I I, I think Basuna will be a huge miss, but we saw. I think we saw the replacement for him in Casado last season. Um, so well clearly because they haven't bloody bought anyone <laughs> um, so I think it'll be Casado and uh, Mwepu I, I think that'll be the future of the midfield there which I've only seen in bits and ball but looks looks good from the little bits I've seen in both of them as long as it's not Adam Lallana is a weird one because he was excellent, and there's a reason Chelsea were paying 50 mil, and there's a reason City wanted to pay 40-odd mil for him. He's really good. But he was playing left centre-back for Brighton by the end. It's not that bad a deal. Because Sully, Sully March was playing left wing-back, and he'd probably do that again. Lampty hopefully he's had a good pre-season, because every, everyone likes Tariq Lamptey, because he's fun to watch. So I think as wing-backs that's fine, it's just... I don't know, will Webster play left centre back and then Veltman play right centre back for the time being? Probably. Um I mean if they're playing four at the back, it's a bigger issue. Um I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good game for Man United. And I'm gonna go 1-0. Ooh,
0: oh, guy.
1: Yes, it's almost a spicy take for the towards the end of the podcast, but I Mmm pre-season gives false hope and they'll still be playing Martial, Martial will probably score now, but it's still going to be Martial against Premier League defenders, doesn't sound right, and it never has been right, so I I think Brighton are really good defensively, and I think they'll probably prove it in this game, I think you'll see an improved United, where they won't get basically out-tacticked by a team like Brighton for the whole game, and not trying to counter-attack against the Brighton team, but I still think they'll find it hard to break teams down. And I think that's what we've seen. Maybe less so with Man City, but at times Liverpool have struggled to break down. Brighton, Spurs have struggled to break down. Brighton, Arsenal have as well. So I think they'll look better, but I think they'll still prove to be a very tough opposition for a team like United.
0: Interesting stuff. So 1-1 one, one there from Guy. I think any good story line, Any good story guy has to have waves, the good and the bad. And I think the season starts fantastic for Man United. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Man United win. And I tell you what, Ronaldo is not going to start. The the players that have played preseason, the majority of preseason, do have some level of synergy. We can't deny that. We know it's just preseason and all of that stuff. But there looks to be a a recognizable style of play for the first time in a long time for Man United. We know what they want to do. Um, They're hungry, in my opinion, in terms of trying to prove that they can do the job for Ten Hag because a lot of them know if they don't deliver for him, it's more likely that they are gone than Man United firing Ten Hag, you know, in his first season. That would be a hot take to say he'll be gone in his first season. Um, I think United start well. I think it's at Old Trafford. There'll be a feel-good factor. United are back. And I think at the end of the season, they still don't make top four. But it's going to start hot with a 3-1 win against Brighton. It wouldn't um, surprise
1: me if... Because I think... Yeah, they've got Brighton and Brentford. If they, I know I just predicted yep. Brighton to take a take two points off them. But it wouldn't surprise me if they beat Brighton and Brentford, then Liverpool just batter them.
0: <laughs> yeah. It has to start well, guys. This is how, this is how great stories are written. Um, man united a 3-1 win against brighton we end the weekend off as we ended last season with the champions of the premier league manchester city they will be coming all the way down to london at the london stadium against west ham guy if there is a team in the premier league that you do want to play in the first week it's man city because in the past they do take a while to get going but by the time they get going they're like a locomotive by the time they get going you better be so far ahead that they lose interest or they're going to they're going to hunt you down and they're just going to obliterate you go past you and go and win the title so i'm guessing you know with your liverpool hat on you want them to be facing a team like west ham who showed last season they can be competitive who have made some really good signings this off-season. They're not done yet as well, so they could do more, which will be interesting for them long-term. But for this specific game, it's, an, it, 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 it's a trip to London for Man City. Um We know they start sl- uh, slow at times. Do you see them going back-to-back seasons without a win on the opening day?
1: Ooh. Um, I don't think they could have got a much harder fixture, to be fair. Um... Who did they have last? It was Tottenham last year. Wasn't Tottenham. It? Yeah. Yep. Tottenham. Um. I don't know. <laughs> I think City will win, but I don't. I think by getting Liverpool, or well, anyone, I think can finish above West Ham. But I think even West West Ham in a one-off game is probably more tough than probably a a chelsea four-man city i reckon because just the way they play it's very unique (laughs) because i don't think skamaka will be uh, flung straight and i think it will be your bowens and your antonio's just battering ram um and we know laporte's injured um aki was probably had his best time in a while last uh, parts of last season um I think it'll be a horridly tight. I think it'll be a horrid game for for Man City. I'm gonna. I'll go two one City, but as you say, this could be anything. Um, I think you just got to back Man City because you just got to take the odds really. But it wouldn't surprise me if West Ham win. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Man City tonk them. Um, but yeah, I'll go two one City. I think it would have been nice if if that um, centre back they got West Ham centre back. Wasn't injured because it would have been nice to see Zuma and him settle in, and pres- presumably Ariola is going to be number one now. Because why would he sign if he was going to be the cup goalkeeper? Um, and City are-, are, miss- are only missing Laporte, I think. Yeah, two two one Man City, but as I said, I think this one's probably the hardest to predict.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going with a two two draw. Mm. Um, I I think that. West Ham's counter-attack style of play is really going to come to the fore in this game. And I think they're going to be quite physical in the set pieces and just in the game in general. And I think that might frustrate City a bit in this game, just the physicality that West Ham are going to bring. Um, yeah, I just I just see, you know, with the way City start start the season usually and with how physical this game is going to be for them, I think they're, they're going to end up drawing this one um i think there's going to be a lot of to get a boxing analogy there's going to be a lot of body shots thrown by west ham that they're going to bank for the end of the game by the end of the game city will have known they've been in a game and they just won't have that extra bit that they usually have you know in the second half of the season just to see off a game like this uh so i think yeah they come unstuck in this one they get the draw and that would end game week one but guy if you want to be sure of not getting unstuck with regards to your, your internet services, with regards to your VPN providers, I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. This podcast is obviously brought by is, is obviously presented by EPL Index in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at liberty shield.com. Guys, If you use the coupon code EPL25, you get 25% off of your router or the software VPN, which downloads straight onto your devices, which is pretty awesome. Um, It's a virtual private network, which is a technology that encrypts your internet to protect your online identity, hide your IP address, and shield your online data from third parties. You guys can change your location. You can avoid geo-blocks and government-imposed restrictions to access any website. And finally... Go check out EPL Index Shop. You can find it on Etsy. And if you use the coupon code EPL10, you get 10% off at checkout. Mr. Guy Drinkle, it's been a pleasure. That is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up?
1: Um, as people probably know by now, I do all the uh, – well, not all the <laughs> – I do uh, <laughs> I stuff four of an Anfield Index – uh, I'll plug a, a, a few shows I've been on recently. Myself, Carl uh, Matchett and Dave Hendrick, who's been on for two of them, uh, started a, a season preview. Um, so that's probably uh, worth listening to if you're not a Liverpool fan as well. Um, so go check it. I, I've probably retweeted them, but go check Anfield Index. Um, they're just called Season Preview. preview. Uh, one's called The Big Six. One's called Mid-Table Madness. And I think the one that's coming up tomorrow is called relegation scrap. So yeah, we we go through everyone. So it's not just a a Liverpool heavy one, that one, Um, but we do, we give our, give our table in that as well. So yeah, that's probably uh, specific, but check out Anfield index overall, if you're a Liverpool
0: fan. Awesome stuff. Uh, Guys from my end, go and check out EPR index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you guys could wish for. Um, there's also the daily podcast show with Dave Hendrick. That is the two-footed podcast. Um also, guys, go check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable where Kev Devries sits down with panelists around the EPL. They do reviewings and previewings of the stuff, um, of stuff happening around the Premier League. Um, obviously, once again, a huge shout out to uh, Kev who got married recently was on his honeymoon he's back and ready for the season um, and he was on a tad predictable last week doing the state of the nation address for Tottenham we've gotten some really good feedback from that one so guys uh huge thank you for that um, and yeah continue to give us feedback go and follow at a tad predictable on Twitter go follow EPR index on Twitter subscribe to the epl index podcast channel on your podcast pro- providers give us five stars write some positive comments that good stuff really really helps us out um and then also guys uh, go and check out our sponsors as i mentioned liberty shield vpn go show them love on twitter if you do see them on twitter just mention that you heard about them from us i've been tedyo chanakira you can find me on twitter at. Tad predicts huge thank you to Obi Semenya for our entrance music brand new brand new season brand new entrance music um I, I definitely love that so he's at John Empire SA thank you for that Mr. Guy Drinkle he's our producer behind the glass and he was in front of the mic today he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter and remember Chisunga Perry Chino Shura.